This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. Good to have you with us for the Friday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Fashion is apparently back. People trying to look nice as they head back to the office. The rental market for downtown apartments making a stunning recovery. We'll cover that in our next segment. Right now, the Big Jobs Report headlines today's economic data. Let's talk about it with Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers. He's based here in Chicago. You can find him online at blueworldam.com. Matt, it's good to have you with us. So what do you make of this jobs report? Well, like uh, like so many, it's uh, kind of a mixed bag. The, uh, the headline of 559 was a fairly substantial miss on the expectation. The more concerning problem. Part of that, however, is that uh, again, it's not—it's not so much the headline that that really gives us an indicator. It's the number of jobs in the private sector as separated from government hires. Now, there we only got 492 new jobs versus 600 expected. So, actually, a much wider miss in the most meaningful part of the data. Uh, the earnings increases both month over month and year over year uh, are, are still leading us in the direction of inflation might be around a little bit longer than we've been led to believe. But I think kind of these muted numbers today took some of that concern out of the markets. And that's why we're seeing a very, very positive reaction there, which is, of course, great. Yeah, and going forward, I mean, we need, what, several more months of this kind of job growth or maybe even a little more? Yeah, I would. Uh, what I'd like to see is the private sector portion of the report start to out-accelerate the headline number, and then we'll know that people are really getting back to work. At the same time, we're really going to have to keep an eye on how these wages are increasing because you've got a lot of employers out there that are concerned that they're competing with government checks to try to hire people back to work. So there's a lot of fascinating dynamics in play here as we move toward a full reopening. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. That leads to the issue of inflation, you know, higher wages and other higher costs, and we're seeing inflation globally. Uh, a- absolutely, and it's almost unavoidable given what we've just come through. And when we compare the wage advances today that also beat expectation, we compare that yesterday's uh, productivity and cost report, and productivity is down while uh, the employment cost index is up, and these are all those things. Now, take all that and go fill your car up with fuel, and you'll know that inflation right now is not a theory. The big question is, how long is it going to stick around? 
Thanks so much. That is Matt Matigan. He is CEO of Blue World Asset Managers here in Chicago. Coming up, the downtown apartment rental market is making a comeback. The downtown apartment market has not recovered completely from a brutal 2020, but landlords are saying the first quarter was really strong. Let's get the details now. Albie Galoon is joining us, senior reporter at Crane's Chicago Business. Albie, always good to have you on the show. So what are downtown landlords saying? Hi, Cisco. Uh, they're saying that the uh, the market's uh, coming back faster than, than they expected. It's really... Uh, Remarkable, the recovery that's underway. As you noted, we're not all the way back to pre-pandemic levels, but one data point, the downtown occupancy rate actually uh, hit 91.1% in the first quarter. That's up from a low of 86.5% at the end of uh, last year. So that's a pretty remarkable um, rebound. And you know we're seeing strong leasing activity at downtown buildings. A lot of that um, in the last several months, actually since like late last fall, has been generated by discounting by landlords. Landlords, you know, when things were, you know, kind of bleak last fall, landlords were offering one, two, three, even four months free rent to fill up their buildings. Um, So that that really helped in the first quarter. The hope is um, that as companies um, continue to call employees back to their downtown offices and downtown Chicago kind of reawakens as it is, um, you know, more people will be leasing apartments in the next several months. Difficult for landlords because that money that was lost, it's it's not like you can go and make that back up. I mean, it's just a year in which you have to deal with those losses and try to get above water for the future years. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it was a real... Um, it was a really rough year for for landlords. It was, you know, it was kind of a double whammy. First, there was the, um, you know, the COVID shutdown, and many, um, you know, obviously most most companies with downtown offices sent their employees home, and people were working virtually. And then you had the um, the civil unrest over the summer, and you know, with um, you know restaurants and uh, stores shutting down, being boarded up, and it was pretty dead downtown, and. No, it was just not not a place that many people wanted to live. Uh, but you know, I think landlords uh, are pretty optimistic these days, and um, they uh, things are are looking good. And as long as we have uh, people calling, uh, companies calling people back to the office, um, that'll uh, the recovery should should um, you know come uh, you know by next year. We you know the market could be fully recovered. No, we still see a lot of cranes around Chicagoland. I mean, I guess apartments are still being built. That means that the developers have to believe that the future is still pretty bright. Yeah, I think they're getting more optimistic. Development really slowed down um, last uh, last last summer, um, and it's it hasn't really started to pick up. But you know, obviously there are cranes, as you noted, and those are projects that were started before the pandemic. So we're going to have a fair number of deliveries this year. Um, we won't have um, quite as many deliveries next year, but you know I think with lenders and um, other you know investors and equity sources growing more optimistic about the market, I think you'll see more projects getting off the ground in the coming months. Thanks so much, Albie Galoon. You read him in Cranes either online or in print. Senior reporter at Cranes Chicago Business.
Up next, tips for teenagers trying to land a summer job. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's a great time for teenagers to land a summer job, but the opportunities may go quickly. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Rick Cobb, Executive Vice President at Keystone Partners here in Chicago. Rick, good to have you on the show. So why is this a good time for teens to try to get a job? Well, sure. The, de- the demand is way up. Um, so you've got a situation now where as the economy starts to uh, pick up uh, and unemployment becomes a little tighter, or employment becomes a little tighter, excuse me, There's a, there are more opportunities. And I think for the teenager, the challenge is, it, if you look at this category, there's the, there's the employer, there's the traditional worker, and then there's the teen worker. One of the things that the teenager needs to remember is they don't have any experience. And while they may be in demand in the future, getting some actual work experience goes a long way in separating you from your competition as you continue to go through school or as you look for other opportunities. So this is a really good time because companies are in many situations in the hospitality, entertainment businesses, retail, logistics, they're desperate to get people and they're they're willing to consider perhaps somebody they wouldn't normally look at as an employee. And for you, the young person then, I mean, if you can get even one or two summer jobs over the years, it seems like that helps you years to come. The experience, but also being able to have something on your resume showing you want to work. Well, absolutely. And I think there's you have to take a slightly longer view to this, meaning that as someone who has a chance to work in an organization, it's not it's not required that that's the only thing that you do for them, or there's not opportunities to take on more responsibility. So you look at you look at a job as an entry point, but you can once you're in and they know you, you may find other opportunities you can ask about. And what do they do as far as getting that job? Um, I mean, I'm thinking when you go to interview, even if you get an interview and you say, "Hi there, I'm uh, I'm 17 years old. I've never worked before." You know, it's sort of, sort of difficult. Um, well, again, you're you're looking at the 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 the, bar- the barriers to entry are typically the filtering mechanisms in an organization. So you know, there's people that you can talk to. It might be uh, a recruiter, a staffing person, someone in human resources. They can't hire you but they can prevent you from moving to the next step. So they have the ability to filter you, but no ability to actually bring you over. So you're trying to find the most direct avenue to someone who might have a need for has the ability to hire. Um, the other thing that you have to remember about what matters is in a conversation with somebody, kind of like dating, you know, your goals in a date have nothing to do with the other person's. So as an employer, I'm interested and in, I have a problem and I need something, somebody to solve that. If you have conversations with people with respect to, do I have an ability to solve this problem or help this person and stop worrying about yourself, you have a much better chance of going further in the process. Thanks so much, Rick Cobb, Executive Vice President at Keystone Partners here in Chicago. Still ahead as Chicago reopens, we'll talk to an expert about hospitality, hotels, and tourism. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The latest jobs report finds improvement from April, but still signs that companies are struggling to find enough workers. Facebook suspends former President Trump for two more years. A hospitality and tourism expert weighs in as Chicago moves toward a full reopening. With COVID restrictions ending, Americans are stepping up their fashion game. WBBM Business, the Dow up 114, the NASDAQ up 191, and the S&P is up 30 points. Oil today up right about 1%. 
Blue sky, sunshine heading up into the 90s. Right now, 86 at O'Hare, 83 downtown. U.S. employers added a modest 559,000 new jobs last month. An improvement from April's sluggish gain, but still evidence many companies are still struggling to find enough workers. One industry that's especially struggling is leisure and hospitality. It's short 2.5 million workers compared to before the pandemic. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. There are many in that industry who are really worried. They say that there is a labor shortage. You know, many of the economists I speak to, they say, hey, you know what? If there's a labor shortage, that means you just have to pay them more. That's how you get them back into the workforce. So we'll have to see if those jobs start um, actually encouraging higher wages. We'll see. It hasn't happened in a big way yet, but Certainly, we are hopeful. Average hourly wages rose 15 cents in April to $30.33. The Labor Department says it was in part because firms are trying to attract unemployed people back to the office. Facebook says it will suspend former President Donald Trump's accounts for two years. Following its finding, he stoked violence ahead of the deadly January 6th Capitol insurrection. The company says it will reassess when the two years are over. Also today, Facebook said it plans to end a contentious policy that automatically exempted politicians from certain moderation rules on its site. A reminder, Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, to listen to WBBM anytime. Making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Markets are higher. The Dow up 118. The Nasdaq is up 191 and the S&P is up 30 points. Let's see what's going on. Bill Stone is here, Chief Investment Officer at the Glenview Trust Company in Louisville, Kentucky. Bill, good to have you back on the show. What do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Well, I think it's reflective of you know some of the things you were talking about in terms of the payroll. So while they were not as good as we were hoping, the good news is they were still you know in the right direction, still very strong in, a, in what I'll call any sort of normal time. Um, so I think it gave enough to say, well, you know, the economy's not falling apart. And as you mentioned, a lot of maybe the lack of jobs creation was frankly not being able to find employees to fill those jobs. Uh, and then the second part was really that because we didn't quite make it as good a number as we were hoping, the Federal Reserve's probably on hold in terms of reducing. Their next step is really to start reducing their asset purchases. So they buy about $120 billion, uh, in bonds every month, uh, and that'll be the next sign that we're on our you know recovery path is when they start to, we call taper it, reduce that. The market you know, doesn't necessarily, the stock market doesn't necessarily like that always. So uh, I think that pushes it off a little further. So it was kind of, you know, best of both worlds for the market. Then. I'm wondering about an impact of higher wages on profits. Uh, is that, if this continues, anything that Wall Street's worried about? Yeah, I mean, underneath this, there's certainly, we've had for a while that concern about inflation. And we saw it in, in this report that uh, you talked a bit about the earnings, but I'll put it in, the, in percentages. So the average hourly earnings are now up uh, 2% year over year. Again, that's manageable. So I don't think that's a big deal, uh, you know, at least for most companies. Obviously, it hits some more than others. But I think so far, it's, you know, it's not, a, not yet become a problematic kind of number. But 
you know, everyone's got their antenna up in terms of input costs and everything else. So uh, it's definitely part of the mix. Should we be paying attention to some of those leisure stocks as things get reopened? And it, it looks like so far the reopening is going pretty strongly. Yeah, you know what? I think the the I, thank you for asking that because I think one thing in the in the payrolls report and the job report that was good. I mean, there was a few things good, but one of them was we we did see the hospitality and leisure jobs move up again. So we've recovered 69%, a little bit over 69% of the jobs lost uh, during COVID within that space. Uh, so that's actually seen a bit of an acceleration in terms of recovery. Uh, and as you man- mentioned in an earlier segment, uh, there are still quite a number of people you know, off peak in terms of still out of work there, but we're moving pretty smartly in the right direction. Any advice to investors given the volatility and uh, well, you know, concerned that maybe you have that inflation risk. Yeah, I mean, I think over the long run, uh, typically stocks can can deal with the with inflation, particularly good companies that can can pass you know price increases along. That's certainly one of the things we're trying to, to spend time on. We don't know yet if inflation is going to get out of control. I mean, yes, you know, it's higher than quote unquote normal, but there's a lot of reasons to say supply should catch up in a lot of areas. Um, but it's probably always a good uh, part of the investment process to think about whether companies can raise costs or raise prices if they need to. All right. Good advice. Thanks so much. That's Bill Stone. He is Chief Investment Officer at the Glenview Trust Company in Louisville, Kentucky. Just ahead, Entrepreneur Friday, we meet the founder of Concierge Preferred and the Hospitality and Tourism Summit. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. As Chicago moves toward a full reopening next week, we're talking with an entrepreneur who knows a lot about the hospitality and tourism industries. It's Entrepreneur Friday. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Tim O'Malley, CEO of Atima Media, produces Concierge Preferred and also the Hospitality and Tourism Summit. Tim, it's good to have you on the show. So for people who are not familiar with Concierge Preferred and the Hospitality and Tourism Summit, kind of give us a thumbnail sketch. Sure. The Hospitality and Tourism Summit is a way for us to bring together the uh, basically any businesses involved in the tourism or event space uh, in, in the city to connect, basically connect buyers and sellers efficiently before the busy summer season. And so when it comes to the summit, this is not something that just anyone can come to, correct? Right. So um, it's a business-to-business event, and uh, it's ultimately anybody who's looking to either learn about um, other businesses, like, um, for example, meeting at event planners come to find venues or uh, event services companies that can help them to produce better events. And when it comes to the magazine, what are people going to see in there? So our Concierge Preferred magazine is distributed in all the hotels in downtown Chicago. Um, we, we take the advice of the concierge who are, you know, the experts on everything going on in the city. And we deliver that in the magazine to um, folks that are visiting Chicago looking for places to eat, where to shop, you know, uh, what uh, great attractions, you know, all that kind of stuff. You started both the magazine and the summit right around 20 years ago. What, what was it? We're talking to entrepreneurs here. What was it that made you say, hey, here's a hole in the market. I I think there's something here. So there wasn't an easy way for buyers and sellers in tourism and event space to connect. So um, at least efficiently. So we saw that as a big opportunity. We did some research 
And especially before the busy summer season, there's a real need for that. You know, a lot of these businesses hire up in terms of bringing in seasonal workers and so forth. So the idea of connecting the buyers and the sellers in these industries, tourism and and events, uh, just wasn't being filled at that time. Okay. And so what are you seeing now in the hospitality industry? Here we are, hopefully, on the back end of the pandemic. What, What kind of things are you seeing? Cisco, things are really picking up. I mean, we, we picked our date for this event, which is this Tuesday, June 8th, back in December, and we couldn't be more thankful that the mayor is opening up our city the same week. So um, you're, we're starting to see restaurants pick up, attractions. I know one of our big clients, the um, Skydeck Chicago, relaunching their entire attraction. They've been working on it for five years, trying to uh, you know, bring it to another level. It's an amazing space, but they're just rolling that out now. So it's just a great time to be a Chicagoan or a visitor to Chicago to come and see what uh, you know what the city has to offer. What are some of the ways, as you've been talking to various people in the hospitality industry, what, what are some of the things they had to do in order to make it through the pandemic? Some of them were, were completely shut down, if not near to being shut down. Cisco, there's been an unbelievable amount of businesses that had to just outright shut down, tour, tour companies theaters, uh, bus companies. I mean, there's just a number of them. There's some of them will be at our, our um, event on Tuesday. In fact, Big Bus, which is you'll see they do tours around town. They're just coming back after being closed down for over a year. Uh, it's just been very hard. And that's why this event Tuesday is more important than ever, because these links, these networks that have been built over years and years and years of op- you know, businesses operating together, have been broken by, you know, 12 to 14 months of furloughs and quarantine and so forth. So bringing the industry together and reconnecting those broken links is so important. Thanks so much. That is Tim O'Malley, CEO of Atima Media, producing Concierge Preferred, also hosting the Hospitality and Tourism Summit for the last 20 years. That's Entrepreneur Friday, still to come. Fashion makes a comeback. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. As vaccines roll out and COVID restrictions ease, Americans are starting to update their closets with new clothes. Let's talk about it with Gerald Storch, CEO of Storch Advisors, formerly vice chairman at Target and chairman and CEO of Toys R Us. Jerry, it's good to have you back on the show. So what kind of patterns are we seeing here? Well, certainly people are excited to get out again. And uh, April's numbers were pretty good in retail. I think when May's numbers come out, you'll get those, get those uh, in a week or two. You're going to see even a greater, greater boom going on. I think that's a good word to use right now is boom. Uh, there's pent-up demand uh, for sure. For over a year, people didn't shop very much, certainly not for clothes. Uh, and not only that, but people have, are flush with money. There are certainly some, uh, you know, still some uh, you know, uh, sort of chronic unemployment in the economy. But when you really take a look at it, uh, people have money. Rate, wages are rising. There was a lot of savings during the pandemic, and they're coming out to spend. And is it just clothing, other accessories? I think it's everything, frankly. You know, certainly we've seen uh, handbags very strong even during the pandemic. Shoes, shoes are huge. And uh, I don't mean just fancy shoes. You know, you know, it's athletic shoes, all kinds of shoes have been strong, not just for women either, also for men. This time, the men have been big spenders. So, so I think it's everything right now. All, all ships are rising as the tide's coming in going to be a fantastic year for retailing. And the bigger question is going to be, then what? When we get a year out from today, can we start to lap it? How can we do? Who are the winners going to be? Who are the losers going to be? 
Wondering if retailers are going to have to start adding inventory. I, I noticed during the pandemic, you'd go into some of the larger stores and they had much less inventory. Everything was more spaced out. But if there's this demand, they need more product. Absolutely. Keep in mind, the retailers had uh, sparse inventory uh, during the pandemic for multiple reasons. Uh, one was uh, certainly that uh, they were worried about whether demand would materialize. So they canceled tons and tons of orders. They just didn't bring the goods in. Uh, the supply chain was very strained as well. Uh, during uh, during this period, we keep reading about production delays. So so we are we are going to see retailers try to bring in lots more products. We'll see if it's enough. What's going on there? But if not, uh, if you're in the apparel business, I got to tell you, it's better to run out than to have too much. You don't have to mark anything down. You sell at much higher prices. So that's all fantastic. But the the, the bottom line is, this is going to be a tremendously positive year for retailing. But don't fool yourself and think people who were losing before the pandemic are suddenly going to turn into winners. Uh, by that, I mean, think about department stores. So they were doing terrible before the pandemic. Uh, certainly during the pandemic, it was horrible. Now they're having these you know, wonderful year-over-year comp increases. But in the last report, they still weren't up to where they were two years ago. And I'm not sure they're ever going to get there. You know, they're going to keep struggling as you look to the future. So, so while this year is going to hide any blemishes, any scars, as we get two years out, I think we're going to see uh, who's going to survive and who's not. So the last year you go in all the shelves and all the racks, it's all athletic wear, sweatpants, that sort of stuff. Is that is that still going to be what we see on the shelves, or is it going to be nicer clothes now? It's going to be both things for, the, for this coming year. But, but take a look. Uh, Lululemon reported today fantastic numbers, you know, in – the current period. So the shift towards more casual and towards more athletic wear was going on before the pandemic. And this is what I was talking about before. It's going to keep going on after the pandemic, only even more towards casualization. People are still going to be working from home more than they ever did. A lot of workplaces are going to hybrid model. But even beyond that, even the workplaces that are open are going to be a lot more casual. I don't I think we're ever going to see the return to mandated suits and ties in the office. Thanks so much. That is Gerald Storch, CEO of Storch Advisors. <laughs> T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.